Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. that I want to read from today, if you have a Bible, you can meet me there. It's in Luke 8, verses 40 through 53. It's very long, but it's, it's, it's important because what I love about the Bible is sometimes when, when the Bible tells stories, it uses two different people to give you a different and unique contrast. Some of the stories, if you read them, they, they have two people, you know, to show you their different class structures, to show you their different backgrounds. But it deals with two different people and two different stories, and it shows how Jesus blessed them at the same time. And this is one of those stories that I'm going to share with you today where there's two main characters that are blessed at the same time by Jesus. He didn't ignore either one. There's two characters I want you to focus on in this Scripture. If you, if you don't have it, it won't be on the screen. You don't have to put it on the screen. It's a lot of Scripture. You're going to do it? Okay. All right. It'll be on the screen then. Tia says she wants to give you all the Scripture. But if you are taking notes, you will know where you can reference it. Follow me if you will. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. Let me pause real quick so I can make this plain for you so you can know exactly who Jairus was. Uh, In modern-day terms, he was a pastor. He was a local pastor. We're just going to simplify it, bring it to layman's terms. You can understand exactly his role. He wasn't the janitor at the church. He wasn't an elder at the church. He was the pastor. Okay? Y'all with me? Let's keep on going. Jairus was the pastor, a distinguished man, right? He's pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, his only one, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with them, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe immediately. The bleeding stopped. This woman had been hemorrhaging for 12 long years, and all she did was touch the hem of his guard, and suddenly it stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? And everyone denied it. Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Someone deliberately touched me, Jesus said, for I felt the healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could no longer stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace 
While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, the pastor, and he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use of troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith, and she will be healed. Oh, the two characters we're going to talk about and focus all of our attention on this morning is this woman who had this hemorrhaging, who had an issue of blood, and I want to focus on the issue with Jairus, a father desperate for something miraculous to happen to his only daughter. I want to focus on that. And, and I want to bring that full circle so you can see how it applies to your life and how God sees and deals with issues. There's a lot of notes, so I'm just going to jump right into the very first one, and then we're going to hopefully get out of here on time this morning. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want to suggest to you is when it comes to God, your reputation doesn't matter. When it comes to God, your reputation doesn't matter. For Jairus to even go to Jesus and, 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 and beg him to come to help him out, for him to even go to Jesus and beg for help was so radically outside of the norm. Jesus wasn't a part of the synagogue that, they, that, 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 that Jairus was a part of. He wasn't a part of that group. Matter of fact, he was known at the time to be a bit of a morale rubble rouser, whatever you want to call it. He was known to be a bit of a troublemaker because he was preaching a gospel that didn't line up with what they believed. And so for this man to publicly, in front of all of his people, go and say, hey, I need help. Can you help my daughter? They looked at him like, yo, aren't you the pastor? Why are you going to this man? He doesn't even have a church. He doesn't even, he's got just these, this, this group of sinners with him. Why are you going to him? It was not normal for him to ask this man, Jesus, for help. I guess we could say he was a bit out of line. He was a very respected man in the local synagogue, many scholars would say. He was known man in the synagogue, many would say. He had, I would imagine, James, a good reputation. But none of that mattered to Jesus. And as Jairus came to him, Jesus decided, I'm going to help this man because he's putting his rep on the line to seek me for help. And while he's on the way, there's another character who has a different kind of rep. She has a disease where she's hemorrhaging. And I'm going to get deeper into this a little bit because let me tell you why that's significant in her reputation. One, it's significant because some scholars suggest that this bleeding uncontrollably for 12 years represented an STD. Some scholars would say because, you know, they didn't have that terminology then. Some scholars would say that she contracted that because she was possibly a prostitute. And because she had this bleeding, she was looked at as unclean. No man could touch her. 
she couldn't go to the temple for praise because she was bleeding. So it's safe to say if we put this together that unlike Jairus, she had a bad rep. And Jesus still healed her. He still paused, regardless of her reputation, regardless of, of, of whatever. He still paused, interrupted the person he was getting ready to bless and said, I don't care about your rep. I don't care what people say about you. I don't care that you're unclean. I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to love on you. I'm still going to extend my grace. Now, now, now some of y'all may not be hemorrhaging physically, right? Some of y'all could be hemorrhaging spiritually. Uh, Some of y'all may be going through some spiritual hemorrhaging. Some of y'all may may have been hemorrhaging for just as long as she has been, for 12 years. Some of you may be going through some spiritual challenges right now, but I'm here to tell you, uh, regardless of what you're going through or what you've been through or what you think about yourself or what your neighbor thinks about you or what your family thinks about you or what your friends think about you, you are still in the best place to be for God to perform a miracle in your life. Many of us are just like that woman, but some of us are just like Jairus. We're respected. We got a good rep. As a matter of fact, at our jobs and in our schools, we're the spiritual advisor. Uh, when, when, when our friends need a good word, they know to come to us because we so spiritual, because we have the fish on the back of our car, and we got the I Love Jesus uh, uh, bracelet and the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt, and we're walking around with our Bible, and we got Bible quotes in our cubicles, and they just know that we love Jesus. We pull up in the parking lot, and we're blasting 102.5 or, or, or 104.7, the fish. I mean, they know we're holy. We're just like Jairus. We are, our, our reputation says that we are the Christian. And they need prayer, they call upon us. But even us, those people with the reputation still need Jesus. Even if you think you got it all together, I guarantee you still need him. And there's still some things that, 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 that he needs to do for you. But here's what, I want to say, here's what I want to tell you. Even those people with the good rep, Jesus will bless. There's, if you think you, here's what I always say, if you think you've reached where you need to be, if you think you are made it and you think you're plateaued, then you might as well be dead. God is always trying to take us to greater heights. He's always trying to move us to something bigger. He's always trying to keep us moving forward. If you want, the minute you stop growing is the minute you stop living. The minute you stop learning, the minute you stop embracing and, 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 and getting, getting good word and getting good stuff, the minute you stop just growing spiritually, it, it's, you're dead. We're always going to need God for something. We're always until we get to glory. So regardless of your reputation, if you have a reputation that's kind of stained like this woman with this disorder or if it's so righteous like old Jairus, we still need God And no perfect people allowed. You don't have to be perfect to receive it. Nowhere in the Word did it say Jairus was perfect, but he still needed Jesus. And many of us are like that today. So so your reputation doesn't matter. The second thing I want to suggest to you is that when it comes to God, 
Your issue doesn't matter. Your issue doesn't matter. And some of y'all, you know, for you in this room, that may not mean a big deal. But it certainly means a big deal to people you know in your life. There are certain people that don't come to church because they, they, they <laughs> this is the thing I hate to hear most. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'll be at church, man. I just want to get my life together. Then I'm going to come. So you're going to get your life together away from God and then show up and praise God? I just need to get some stuff together. Here's the other, here's the other side, and, and, and this might bless some of, some of my women in the house uh, who, who are not married. It's like brother saying, I want to get my finances together. I want to get the right career, and then I'm going to marry you and, and have you dragging on for about five, six, seven, ten years. I'm just trying to get myself together. Brother, if, if you want to get yourself together, you got to do it with God, and if you're not doing it with God, listen, oh, that's another sermon. That's, that's another sermon. I'm going to preach that just one day. It's going to be sisters only, right? I'm going to steal that from somebody. Your issue does not matter. Watch this. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing against you. It could have been anybody. It could have been me, far as I, I don't know who it was. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble, and she fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him. Watch this. Here it is. She's there. The whole crowd, I'm imagining hundreds or thousands of people desperate to get to Jesus, and they're all pressing against him. And here it is. She's got to stand forward in front of all of these people and say, it was me that touched you. And here's why. For 12 years, I've had this STD. I've had this situation. I've had this issue. I've been labeled unclean. They've called me all type of things. I can't get a man because I'm unclean. I can't get a job because I'm unclean. I can't praise the Lord because I'm unclean. God, it was me. And she's got to make this confession in front of a whole bunch of strangers. Wow. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would kind of be like, send this letter on up to Jesus. Tell him it was me. Shh, don't, 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 don't make it obvious. Tell him it was me. But she was so desperate. She had already heard about miracles he performed. Just, just read the chapter before he just finished healing some people. She'd already heard these things. She'd heard these great stories. And she was like, if I'm going to get it, this is my one shot. Either it's going to happen or it's not. Either this man is really healing people. Either he's going to really do this or not. If I can just touch some part of him, maybe, maybe, just maybe, this, this bleeding will stop. Maybe I can get cleansed again. Desperate. Your issue doesn't matter. Let me make it personal. It doesn't matter what you've done. I talk with cats a lot of time. I, I, I counsel uh, uh, brothers that, that are struggling with pornography, and, and they feel dirty. They feel terrible. They feel jacked up. And, and, I, and I'm trying to tell you, that doesn't matter to God. Your issue is small to God. Oh, I have doubts. I don't believe everything. about that's, that's small to God. Your doubts are small to God. That does not intimidate God. Uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm just struggling with, with certain things. I, I just have a, a, a wayward mind, and, and, and some stuff I'm just struggling 
dealing with with the church. That's small to God. He's not concerned about your concerns. All he wants is your heart. And you have to make the step toward him. You've got to be like that woman and get desperate. Forget the crowd. Push your way through. I know I may be labeled messy. I know I may be labeled dirty. But I'm going to get to Jesus and that nothing is going to stop me. You've got to get to that place. Your issue doesn't matter. Oh, I'm terrible with money. I find myself jacked up financially all the time. Well, you can sit there and complain about it or doggone to do something about it. You can sit there and, 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 and say, oh, I got issues. Okay, cool. Now, what are you going to do? We got that part. What are you going to do? Because here it is. Your friends can't fix your issues the way God can. You've tried that before, and, and how'd that turn out? Your family can't fix your issues the way God can. Uh, you tried that before. How did that work out? Your issues don't matter. Here, here, here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Here's what I want to tell you. A lot of people get stuck here with their issues. And I want to tell you something that happens with the issues. The enemy uses your issues to separate you from three things. Y'all, y'all, if you're taking notes, this is going to be your next note. The enemy uses your issue, whatever it is, no matter how bad it is, how, how, how jacked up it is, or, or just how, how small it is. The enemy uses three things, three things to separate you. He uses three things. Watch this. First thing. As he knocks my water off my, my podium, distracting you. Now, seriously, the enemy uses your issue to separate you. And he, uses, he does three things. Here's what he does. He separates you from praise. He separates you from praise. Watch this. This woman, her issue, hemorrhaging, bleeding, she was looked at as unclean. And because she was bleeding and she was hemorrhaging, she was not allowed to go and worship in the temple. You could not go and worship if you were menstruating. That was, it was, I didn't make the rules back then. That's just how it went. If you, were, if you were in your menstruation and you wanted to praise, you had to do it from the crib or, or maybe do streaming faith or something like that. But you could not go. Huh? Why y'all laughing? They had it back then. It's in the old, read, 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 read the book. Second Chronicles, it's in there. Listen, she could not go to the temple because she was dirty. She couldn't even go and ask for prayer. They couldn't even come lay hands on her because it was, it was, it was unclean for a man to touch a woman while she was menstruating. She did this for 12 years straight. And the enemy says, I'm going to take your issue, and I'm going to separate you from praising your God. Now what are you going to do? And the enemy says, I'm going to take that issue and remind you every day that you got an issue with pornography. The, the, the enemy says, I'm going to take your issue and remind you every day that you have an, a, a, a struggle with lust. I'm going to take your issue and remind you every day you don't know how to balance budget. I'm going to take your issue every day and remind you because here's what's going to happen. As long as you're listening to my voice, you're certainly not listening to his. And I got you. And he uses your issue, makes you feel guilty that you've committed a sin, always reminds you of your past. And here's how he does it. He does it through family and friends and bad church experiences. 
I'm being honest. Remind you that you're that you have an issue. Remind you that you have a struggle. Remind you that you're imperfect. Somebody's always pointing a finger at you, pointing out your flaws, but never ever pointing a finger back at themselves and looking at their own. And the enemy uses that to distract you. And just like this woman, the minute you become distracted, the minute he reminds you of your sin, you no longer praise. The minute you find yourself in financial difficulty, you no longer praise. The minute you find yourself dealing with a difficult boss or a difficult job or coworkers or whatever, you stop praising. The minute you find some turmoil, the minute you and your spouse disagree, uh, you stop praising. And I'm here to tell you, that's, the one, that's when you got to lift it up louder than ever before. You got to crank the volume up and turn all the way up. It's, it's when you find yourselves in those situations, in those battles, you got to get louder than ever before. Because what happens is your voice has to be louder than the devil's voice. And so this way you can hear God's voice. When you're going through it, you got to get crunk. You got to turn it up, turn it out. And know that this is intentionally designed to distract you and remind you of your issue. Let let, let me go on what else he does. The enemy uses also the other thing he does to separate you. The other thing he does is he uses your issue to separate you from people. He uses your issue to separate you from people. He uses your issue to separate you from praise, and he uses your issue to separate you from people. Let's use this example of this woman once again. Because she was menstruating, she was a lonely woman. Can you imagine that? Because she, I mean, for, for real, if I was a devout Hebrew back then, especially a man, I wouldn't come within a few feet from her. Because I don't want to be looked at as unclean. Because if, if, if they know that I've had interaction with her, now I can't go to the temple for prayer. I can't go to the temple for praise. Now I'm labeled. So I'm staying far. Matter of fact, if I see her, I'm going to cross to the other side of the road so that there's just no gray area. And here it is, this woman, because she was for 12 years, y'all. Think about what you were doing 12 years ago. Some of y'all may have been in high school, right? 12 years, she was bleeding. No contact, regular hangout time with people. She didn't have scandal watch parties and stuff like that. She was unclean. She couldn't go to small group. She couldn't go praise. And doggone it, she couldn't get a man. Everybody wants to be. You know, God set the foundation early. When he, when he said it in Genesis 2, it is not good for man to be alone, then what did he do? He didn't make another giraffe. He didn't make another lion. He didn't make a monkey. He made a woman. And by the way, he, he cut the man. So, so, you know, women, y'all always talking about all oh, men. Y'all can't handle birth. Hey, the first C-section was performed on a man. I'm just saying. That's biblical. That's Bible. Y'all... Y'all going to argue with me or y'all going to argue with the Bible? <laughs> All right. All right, let's come back. Let's come back. Let's <laughs> I done started something. Give me some more dap over here. Yeah. All right, good. Now we're rolling. Listen. <laughs> this woman 
I'm sure she knew that scripture. It is not good for man to be alone, and he made woman. And she's like, but I can't have a man. For 12 years, she's been by herself, no friends, no man. She's lonely for 12 years because of her disorder. Watch this. Some of y'all and y'all's issue have y'all let y'all issue cause you from not being in real relationship. Some of y'all have let your issue prevent you from being in situations where God could bless you. You've let your past. I'm not good with, you know, I've had bad experience with this type of man, so not every man is like that man. I've had bad experience with this type of woman, so not every woman is like this woman. And you guard your heart so much, and God says, fool, you said you wanted me to send you a bride. I sent her to you. I put a bow on her. She's perfect. But you're like, "I I need to get myself together first. (laughs) <laughs> he reminds you of, of your issue so that he can separate you from people. I'm, I'm, I'm losing time here. I got I to get somewhere. So he, he, he separates you from praise. He, he separates you from people. He uses your issue to separate you from purpose. He uses your issue to separate you from purpose. And that was almost my story. Oh, man, I was so jacked up. I lived such a sinful life. Before I went to a, a, a church and found some brothers, one of them just so happens to be here today uh, that, that, that loved God as much as I did. I was such a heathen before that. I was such a sinner. Y'all know my story. I won't tell it again. I was jacked up. And then for a pastor to say, God is calling you to ministry, I was like, dude, what are you smoking? Give me some because you got to be crazy. Not me. I still lust. This was back then, not now, baby. Just you I lust after. (laughs) I still have wandering eyes. I'm terrible with finances. I can't quote a single scripture. And you're saying God is calling me? And the enemy was like in my ear reminding me that you don't know enough scripture. You're still sinning. You, you, You cuss. Uh, you, you just jacked up. You, 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 know, you, don't, you don't know enough. And so I never, ever accepted it for a long time. I rejected like, nah, you, he can't be calling me. Why? Because the enemy was telling me that you weren't calling me, so the enemy must be right. But let me tell you something. God is going to always have his way. He going to make you do what he wants you to do even when you don't want to do it. You may not like it, but it's going to happen. I ran away from my purpose because the enemy was reminding me of my issues. I ran away from it. I didn't listen. God was like, okay, keep on running. Keep on running. You done? You tired? You good? Got you. And snatched by my behind up, didn't send me through no particular training. He says, got you. Now get to work. So you want me to pass the church is what you're saying? Yes, go. Who's going to help me? I got you. Go. And even during that process, during that process, James, I began to still doubt God. Even during the process of planting a church and being a pastor, like, no, not me. Me and my wife argue sometimes. No, not me, because I have an attitude problem. It doesn't take much to get me upset. And when I get upset, I, I hold a grudge. And I can be spiteful. Oh, you're going to do that to me? Oh, I'm going to do something better and worse to you. I'm working through some stuff, y'all. Confessions. 
And so I'm like, God, are you sure? And God's like, just go. And finally I says, send me a sign. And he sent me a sign through this beautiful woman that he took right from my rib. Her, her name was Erica. Her name is Erica. And, and she says, yes, God is calling us to pastor. I'm like, well, shoot. She's like, let's go. I got you. It's me and you, baby, against the world. Oh, man, I felt like Bonnie and Clyde, like we can do this thing. You know what I mean? I was like, let's go. But had he not spoken that through her, I don't think that I would be here because she is my helpmate. She was pulled from my rib for a reason. She sees stuff that I don't see. Why? Because the enemy is speaking to me the same way he speaks to you, and I almost missed the opportunity to serve in my purpose. Why? Because the enemy used my issue to separate me from it. And he does that for you, for you. Some of you right now, you're burdened with this, with this burning desire, and it's a God desire. I just want to tell you that right now. To do something great that would just help somebody else, it's an unselfish desire to do something. Some of you are burdened to leave this doggone country and help some people out over the seas. Some of you are burdened to start a nonprofit today that would benefit a group of people. Some of you are burdened with the idea to just, to just you know, leave your great, comfortable job and, kinda, and, 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 and do something wonderful that will bless somebody else. But you know what? You're concerned about money. You're concerned about what people are going to think. You're concerned about your family. Like, you're going to start that? You've never, ever mentioned you were interested in doing something like that. You, You don't even have a degree for that. You haven't even trained for that. And that's the enemy saying, remind you of your issues. And don't listen to that. Step out on faith. One day I'm going to have a testimony service, and I promise you, I won't even have to preach. I'll just say, okay, introducing so-and-so, and then they'll introduce the next person, and the whole service will be just people in this building, in this place, sitting in those seats that you all sit in that will give you testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of how they stepped out on faith, and God blessed them. People in this room received promotion. People in this room have started companies. People in this room have done amazing things, all because they were desperate like that woman with the issue, and they bust through the crowds and says, doggone it, if God be for me, then who can be against me? No weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. I don't care what my haters say. I don't care what the naysayers say. Nothing ever can prosper against me because as long as I got God, long as God is on my side, there is nothing I can accomplish. So I'm going to jump out on faith. I'm not going to step. I'm going to jump out there, transparent, vulnerable and everything, and trust and believe God to do what he said he's going to do. For he is not a man that he should lie. He's never broken a promise. Never. And he's not going to start breaking promises with you. That's the good news. Okay, okay, okay. That's what the enemy does. Get that in your spirit. Final point I want to get out here. Here's the third thing. When it comes to God, your reputation doesn't matter. When it comes to God, your issue doesn't matter. But this is very important. When it comes to God, your approach does matter. Your approach does matter. Here's what I mean by that. Oftentimes, we as Christians go to God like this. God, I need. God, would you bless me? God, could you do? 
would you do? God, I need you to do. I, I, I'm, I'm depending on you to do. God, do. Would you do? And, and God says, okay, cool. I, I, I want to do that. You can come to me like this. But I would so much rather you come to me like this. I, I would so much appreciate if you just turn your hands from there to here. Because when I'm in this position, I'm praising him. When I'm in this position, it's like, you know why, you know, like when you're getting arrested, right? And, and they say, stick your hands up, you're under arrest. And this is a, a, a position of what? Surrender, right? And, 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 and what you need to do in this, when you are in this position and not in this position, when you're in this position, you're not surrendering anything, you're asking. But when you're in this per- position right here, you are uh, surrendering yourself to the Spirit of God to be arrested by the Holy Spirit for Him to bless you. You are surrendering your cares, you are surrendering your concerns, you are cons- uh, surrendering all the stuff that gets in the way of God doing what He needs to do in your life. You need to do way more of this and a whole lot less of this. Begin to do more praising and less asking. Begin to do more shouting and less yelling. Begin to do more, more, more reaching out to God in praise than you do for asking and wanting or desiring anything. See, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He said he would even in Scripture, right? But he wants you to first begin to praise him for what you've already done. And a lot of times, and I said this last week, a lot of times we get to a place that we're at right now and we complain, but we forget that at some point we pray to be in the space that we're in today. You asked your friends to join you in praying to get where you are today, and you get there, and all of a sudden, you want something else, and you start complaining. And God said, remember a couple years ago, you even had your friends come over with oil, and y'all were laid out on the floor and crying and everything, and I gave it to you. And now you have the audacity to, to, to complain. That job you complained about, you asked me for it. I gave it to you. Huh? That, that, that spouse you got, you wanted him. You wanted her. Why are you complaining? Those kids I gave you, 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 y'all prayed about it, and I blessed you. You wanted that house. Don't complain about the debt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That car, you begged me. You were standing in the lot. God, if I'm supposed to get this car, let it be approved. You're approved. It would have nothing to do with God, by the way, because he wants you to be a, a lender, not a borrower. Okay, so I'm not going to claim that. But you got it anyhow. And you said a prayer, I'm sure, and you got it. The fact of the matter is, wherever you are today, you prayed about it. It's not an opportunity for you to begin to complain. Because if you are not fruitful and if you don't take care of what God has already given, you can't take care of the little things. He's not going to give you the bigger things. It's not going to happen. This is why as I look over this room, I celebrate each and every one of you. I celebrate even those that are not here today. I celebrate this school for allowing us to be in here. Do you know that there are places in America where a school cannot go to worship? I had a brother yesterday tell me, or two days ago tell me, he says, man, I'm looking for a place to, to, to do my ministry. I didn't know we could meet in schools. I says, in Cobb County, it's okay, bro. They love you. They welcome you. Do you all know that the doors were shut for us in Fulton County? We could, there wasn't a school that would let us in in Fulton County. I tried. I went to them. I asked. We come here, doors have been open. And it started at this elementary school, the oldest school in the entire county. And then the minute I thought that God was speaking for us to grow, I says, God, if we're supposed to grow, I'll make one phone call and it'll happen. And it happened. One phone call. Matter of fact, it happened in 30 minutes. 
It was quick. Application was sent. Erica filled it out. I agreed to it. Next thing you know, we're moving. Like, whoa, okay. I, I was just playing, God. <laughs> I was just going to see if you was going to really do it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Let me show you how this woman approached God, and then I'm going to pray this out. The Bible says that she touched the hem of his robe. And, 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 and many scholars believe that, 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 that at the bottom, at the ends of his robe, of, of especially Hebrews, there was Scripture and stuff there that, you know, certain Psalms or whatever. Now, in order to touch the hem, she wasn't like this, standing straight up. Doesn't say she reached out and... You know, did one of these numbers. I'm going to touch you with my toe. Got it. In order for her to touch the hem, she had to be on her knees for him to walk by. And there's people there. In order for her to touch the hem, she probably had to stretch out like this to get to it and touch it. In other words, she was down on her knees in a position of humility. She approached God in a humble way. She approached him in a way of surrender. She approached him in a way of desperation. But better than that, she approached him in a posture of faith. If I can just touch that hem of his garb, maybe something will happen. And I imagine there were people just like, Jesus, Jesus, all around, Jesus, Jesus. And she's like, I need to get, the, I need to get, the, I need to get, the, I need to get, I need to get, ah, got it, and removed herself from that place. No matter what it took, she was going to press through that crowd. If she had to crawl on her knees, if she had to uh, do, do like a, a serpent uh, type of thing, whatever it took, she was going to get to that man. Whatever it took, she approached him from two places. Watch this. She approached him from a place of humility. She was humble. She was in that low position, but she approached him from a place of faith. Because why did he heal her? Why did he heal her? Not because she asked. He didn't hear her voice. He didn't say, who is that who called out my name? Everybody was calling out his name. He didn't say, who was that that threw that piece of paper at me with a prayer request on it? No. He said, who was that that touched me? There was some power in that. And that power was all built up in her faith and her posture of humility. And he says to her, you are healed by what? Your faith. (laughs) You are healed by your faith. You are healed by your faith. You are healed from any addiction you have this morning. You are healed from from any struggles you have this morning. You are healed from any, any, any burning sinful desires this morning. You are healed from any bad news that you received earlier this week, this morning, by your faith. She didn't go to the priest. She went her doggone self, got on the ground in her pretty dress, and crawled to get to this man. And y'all need to be desperate like that too because where God is taking Mosaic Church, we're going to have to be desperate to crawl through the crowd. We're going to have to get it down on our knees. We're going to have to lay prostrate. We're going to have to pull and push and crawl and pull and push and crawl to get to God because what he is doing is going to require us to be on our face. In prayer, 
Oh, man, I wish sometimes I could just take my brain out and put it up on the screen so you can see the visions that God gives me for this community. I wish so many times that I was an artist that I could just paint it out and you would see it for yourself. I know sometimes I'm not articulate enough to really express and explain the vision that God has given me for this community, but I will say it includes every single one of you plus some. But it starts with us being desperate like this woman. It starts with us being down on our face, busting through the crowds, and not letting Satan remind us of our issues. Here's what I want to tell you, and we're done. We're not where we used to be. We're not where we want to be. And we're certainly not where we should be. Why aren't we where we should be? Because God's grace. And here's what I'm trying to tell you when I say that. Some of us should be dead and gone because of sins we've committed. Some of us shouldn't even be in this room today from our past. Some of us shouldn't even be sitting in these seats this morning because of our past. But because of God's grace, ooh, that's worth shouting about. We are not where we should be. I don't know everybody's story this morning. I really don't. And I don't have to know what your story is. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know if you were carrying some baggage or not with you this morning. But here's what I want to know. Here's what I want you to know, I should say. Regardless of your issue or issues to come, all God is looking for is your faith. And if we read the Bible, many people were healed by their faith. I said this before. All you need for God to perform a miracle in your life is all you have. All you need for God to perform a miracle in your life is all you had. There was a woman who didn't have any, any, she had empty jars, but she had jars, and that's all she needed, and God filled them. Uh, There were some hungry people, and God said, well, what do we have? And a little boy brought a couple fish and some sandwiches, and there was the first red lobster open that day, right? (laughs) All you need is all you have. All you need for God to perform a miracle is all you have. That's all you need. Whatever you have, you bring it. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.